All that aside, let's go to the rant and see what's going on there, lovely day. Hey, guys, how are you? Who's this? Mark Hacking. <laughs> and how are you? No, I'm doing all right. You sound peachy. <laughs> you know, I killed my wife a while back. How'd that work out? Yeah, not too good. I'm in prison now, but... Oh, well. So what's going on golf-wise? <laughs> well, we haven't killed our wives yet, so... All uh... right, just been killing snakes? <laughs> I'm teasing, of course. How are you, Rick? I'm doing great. Good, good, good. No, no, your... no Craig this week? No Craig this week, no. You have a celebrity guest host? Yes. Yeah, Paul Stankowski, didn't yeah. you hear? It's good stuff. He's there. Well, anyway, I'm sitting in for Corby and uh, the other, the fat one, I forget his name, but bitch. Hey, Dave, are you skating? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um... No, he's going to work today. <laughs> I'm teasing. It was a joke because I know you're really talking about the charity challenge string. And anyway, go ahead, David. You answer that. Uh, I haven't played in about four months. No, Neither have I. <laughs> I. I will make the Sunday practice. We'll see how that goes. When's that? Uh, 6.45, I think. Sunday. Valley Ranch or where? Uh, it's in uh, you know, we're Carrollton or somewhere. At where? Carrollton. Oh, like the, at the Farmer's Branch? Oh, yeah, Farmer's Branch. Because, you know, we don't get those periphery emails because we're weekend people. Oh. Uh, 6.45 right. Sunday. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. All right. I'm going to put on the skate, see what that feels like again. How are tickets doing? Are we sold out yet, Mark? Hacking? I don't know. I just, I'm just <laughs> filling in this weekend. I'm not a regular employee or nothing like that. But uh, I understand it's going pretty well. Y'all always do a good job. You know, y'all always keep me entertained. Are you guest commentating? What's that? Are you going to be a guest Say commentator for the charity challenge? No. You and Norm? No, I'm under house arrest, oh. sir. <laughs> wear, wear a bracelet. What? On your ankle. I'll give you that uh, like a bracelet perimeter. In like it. a what would Jesus do thing? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you could write whatever you want on it. I well, reckon. I guess I could. Yeah. What would Joseph Smith do? Yeah. What would Ted Bundy do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing joke about what I'm in trouble for. But anyway. How uh, is prison life? Well, it's not good. Uh oh. <laughs> not a bowl of cherries? Days no, 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 no. How's the food? Well, let's stay away from that. I'm not here to talk about my incarceration. I'm here to talk about sports. Ticket's been so kind to give me a shot. How for my audition sports? tape. Oh. Hey, we're gonna talk. We're gonna break down the brackets. Yeah. How you doing in your brackets? How is the prison bracket coming along? <laughs> not too good. Sports. <laughs> you know that's why. Oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> he just went cyborg. <laughs> what the hell's going on now? Dave, does your office have a pool? Uh, I did uh, do a pool with uh, like a contractor that we work with. And oh, that's awfully generic. What's the, what's the payoff? What's the, what's the big prize? I don't know. It was only five. Whoa. It was only five what bucks. What the hell's to get going in. on here? Is that just in our ears, or is that on the broadcast? I don't know. What was in your ear? Some kind of weird sound or something. Hmm. Might hmm. be that accent. <laughs> what accent? <laughs> I don't have an accent. Let me put a bullet through your head while you sleep, sir. I uh, sure. <laughs> That'll work. Was that an uncomfortable groan by Paul? No, not even. He's just stretching. <laughs> All right, now I'm somebody different. Who's this? Scott Peterson. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you hear all the, uh, the mayor's proposals he's received? It's like 200. I sure have. How's that? How many, how many did you get? I didn't get any. This is Gordon. Oh, right. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. His first day on death row, Scott Peterson had, they said they had a couple dozen women call him. What's the alert? Wish him well. And then two of the women said that they were calling to propose to him. So what's the what's the genesis behind that? What's what what do you get out of that? I think it's just publicity. The ultimate bad boy image. Never have to see him. Yeah, have a guy on death row. <laughs> never have to see him. No, nope. hmm. your parents probably won't approve of him. Do they get conjugal visits on death row? If they get married, I think they might. Really? I don't know though. Death row. So he Seeing as lit- how he's in on death row for killing one of those wives, I don't know that the conjugal visits would be a good so idea. So he could theoretically get married and divorced on a weekly basis and just have them kind of rotate in and out, right? I guess so. In theory? In theory. In theory. Hmm. Well, I don't know, man. I'm sure none of them are hot. Can you believe Robert Blake got away with it? Yes. Oh, you can believe it. Got a it. good lawyer. He has a good lawyer. Scott Peterson, I guess, did not. Scott Peterson had supposedly the best in the country. Did he? Yeah. So is Robert Blake going to never rest until he finds the real killer? He has not made one mention of the real killer. Just like O.J. O.J. at least mentioned it. Looking for that killer on every golf course in the country. (laughs) What, um... So what... What does, uh... Scott Peterson have to pay these guys for pretty much giving him the death penalty? So these guys charge pretty penny, don't they? No, he didn't pay anything. They took it on pro-boner. Pro yep. Pro-celebrity. Yeah, bono. because it's such a high-profile case, and that Garagos thought he was going to win it, and of course he didn't. God. Any of you guys but, ever well, served on a jury? You know, I haven't. I, I have haven't not either. either. I've skipped out a couple times. I've been called by four times and never been picked. Davey just always claims he's racist. I think it's my Tourette's it. that gets me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different story. Davey said that one time in Void Dyer, it was a black defendant, and Dave said, they asked him if he could be objective, and Dave said, yeah, but I can tell by the skin color he's probably guilty. (laughs) And then Dave was kicked off. Really? Yeah. I either either say that or the bitch deserved it, one of the two. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Now, could you say that, and they would would actually make you do it because they know it was a bit? Because how many people actually do that? They don't want to take the chance that it might not be a bit. So you could literally do that, and there would be no repercussions to you. No, I don't think... Sabotaging your own... Your own... You can't can't perjure yourself when you're in a jury pool? Maybe you can. Wouldn't everybody do that? You'd probably get beaten up walking out of the courthouse. Couldn't you say one time, like, you know, there was a person that looked exactly like that that robbed me? Or something like that, so I can't be... Oh, my gosh, Rick. Or whatever. You know, and... Uh, They all look alike. I don't know. Oh, Rick. I said that person did not specify gender or race, creed, or color, or something like that. I I would think that you could just go ahead and say that, and and they would just kick you off and just say thank you for coming. There's got to be attorneys calling in because I'm sure that happens more times. I'm just scared yeah. to do. No, it. as a matter of fact, the phones are dead, Rick. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> we failed. No, no one else is compelled by your <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, you had some real compelling radio there, Rick. Well, it was a hell of a run. You sent everyone running away from their phones. So much for the mix right, uh, getting getting what? sponsored. Hi, you're on the ticket. Hey, what are you guys doing? Are you a strong attorney? I'm strong, and I. Hi, are you you're on the ticket. Do you know the answer to Rick's compelling question? <laughs> regarding regarding the board dire process. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay, get off the speakerphone. <laughs> Oh, that's sorry high and mighty. That work- oh, sorry about that. I'm working right now. Okay, what are you sure. working at? Billable hours? <laughs> Just trying to close up files. 
On your computer? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm closing up cases that I finished this. Oh, okay, so you're an attorney. Yes. So tell us the, the story. Like, if Dave did do this experiment and just claimed he was really racist or really um, sexist or something like that, and the defendant did the right thing or that whatever, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Can you get away with that? Basically, the point of Ward Dyer is to show bias or prejudice towards the given, in, given defendant or the type of case at hand. Right. To show that you couldn't be by, you know, that you wouldn't be biased or prejudiced. Uh huh. And usually, like the judge will be up there when he's, we're going through there, and people are asking questions. He'll strike through people that have shown to be absolutely biased or prejudiced. So if but you if just if you wants to challenge that, they can call the individual after the board hour process again on the, on the ticket right now, oh, sir. I apologize. I yeah. didn't know we were on air. I'm yeah, that's strong language. Certainly, is very attorney. professional language. <laughs> <you use. laughs> Now, is that a legal term you used? <laughs> and there are people that come into the Vordire process and attempt to say things and try and get off of there by making boisterous comments or, you know, stuff like that. And what happens to those people? Well, you usually can fairly see through them. And, but can and you get again, in trouble? What's that? Can you get in trouble for pulling I, a stunt like that? I haven't had anybody getting in trouble, and most people don't typically do what he's talking about. So what about if you don't make any big, strong claim like that, but the whole time you just squint your eyes and just look at, with, <laughs> with disgust at the defendant? Just draw your, draw your finger across <laughs> your throat? <laughs> yeah, like an implicit death threat against the defendant. I think the judge might call you down on something like that. <laughs> now, what does that mean? What about if you're... If you're hold you in contempt for that kind of behavior in his court. We say it's a twitch. Custody. What if you're caught pleasuring yourself in the jury box <laughs> during Boy Dyer? <laughs> oh, just I'm sorry, sir. Courts just turned me on. <laughs> I think you might be excused. Better be. Trying to see crime scene photos. <laughs> and you just kind of mix them. Throw, sling some stuff across the place. <laughs> well, given those facts, I'm wondering why anybody ever serves on a jury. Well, I think if you pull the G.G. Allen, you might get kicked out of the courtroom outright. Hmm. Who's G.G. Allen? Uh, that old punk musician that used to throw stuff across the room. Oh, the guy that used to perform nude and yeah. defecate? Yeah. Oh, you can't do that in a jury box? No, no, no. no. Uh, usually the defense and the prosecution will try and weed out the people that are completely irrational because the whole objective is to get people that are not biased or prejudiced. Okay, should we have professional jurors? I'm sorry? Should we have professional jurors? No. You already have professional witnesses. Those are police officers. Why do you need professional jurors? Because I think that most juries, most people are bass ackwards when it comes to that reasonable doubt business and all that. And now juries just think that it means any doubt. Well... At least in high-profile cases. I would argue that that means the prosecution hadn't done a very good job and they need so, to get better prosecutors. So it's not reasonable doubt anymore. It's beyond all doubt. No, it's, it's beyond... I mean, you've got multiple levels of, of evidence that have to be shown, and in our judicial system... There's reasonable doubt. It's a higher level above that. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. If the, if the prosecution can't weed out the people. All right, I'm powering down. Why did Robert Blake get off? That's personal. I didn't follow the case. That this is a joke I'm working on. <laughs> so, how much would this information cost us per hour? How much would you bill us for this? I'm not going to bill you anything. For oh, that's good. <laughs> hey, don't you want to kill Terry Schiavo? <laughs> no. <laughs> One less ugly person? That's a harsh case, man. She's been in vegetative state for 13 years. 
And so you're saying that's hot? You're just spreading good cheer everywhere. Yeah. All right, guys, have a good day. Okay. Sports. Thank you. Yeah, what do you guys think about, uh, we haven't really got the PGA Tour player take on the Terry Schiavo thing. Have you been following that, Paul? Uh, you know, I've seen a little bit of that, but... Um, it's a tricky case. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think that <laughs> band opened up for Hootie on that that PGA Tour event. What? Vegetative state. No, it's not a band. That's just what... She's not in the band. She's in a vegetative state. Oh. Not in the vegetative state, which is the band. You know, I was listening yesterday. as compelling arguments. I'm thinking I would always defer to the parent. If the parent wants to take care of the kid... I would say more power to you. I don't know why that. See, I disagree. I think you do defer to the, the spouse. But if the spouse wants nothing to do with them, literally. But if the spouse is saying, see, this is the thing. I'm just suspicious of this husband. God, I got so much dang email on this. And I haven't really reached any conclusion on it. I was just throwing out that it's a lot more complex than people just saying, hey, man, I never want to be that way. Kill me. I'm not going to write anything down about it, but I'm telling you right here in the secrecy of our home. And then all of a sudden... You know, if they had written something down, if she had written something down, I say blow her face off, doesn't, get rid of her. Doesn't everybody say that though? Almost everybody I know says, you know what? I never want to be put in that position. If I get a vegetative state, yes, just everyone get rid of me. Everyone says that. But nobody but writes it, it down. But, but no yeah. one is compelled enough to write it down. And also, there's another factor of of uh, being human, which everyone also says, you know what? Give me, I want a quality of life my last few months, and I'm going to skip the chemo, and I'm not, I won't ever go through chemo like that. I just want to, I'm not going to have a painful and sick last three years. But, you know, didn't Paul, you fought cancer, didn't you? Excuse me? Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, he's got a sore wrist. That's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking of. No, but, uh, <laughs> but when people get down to it, they almost always make the decision to go through chemo and all that. Well, let's, let's make an on-air contract right now. Okay. A pack? You... Gordon and myself and Rick. I'm uh-huh. in there. We all and make, Paul. We no. We all, we all make a pact Bingo. that if we are in a vegetative state, that Paul will come and blow our face off. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I'll make a pact <laughs> with you, Dave, that if I even if I sense cancer in you, or even just sniff a hint <laughs> of cancer around you, I'll blow you away. You know the other problem. You won't even is, see it coming. <laughs> when you when you verbally make this declaration that yeah, I don't want to be in a vegetative state, just get rid of me. You're saying that when you're of sound mind and body. When you start getting into that position, literally, I think your I think your opinion changes because now you're really faced with it, and then now right. maybe it's not quite as bad as you thought. And th- and that's the other I think complex part of it is that when you're in the persistent vegetative state, that your mind may be changing, but you have no way of communicating it. I mean, you still may have some desire to live, and that's why someone of full mind should help make that decision, like your husband or your wife, but, I mean, who can take all the factors anyway? in it. Well, you some know, people I mean, like being veg. Well, I love vegging, but hey, look, sure. she hadn't had to work in 13 years. <laughs> man, I, everything's done man. for. That's she didn't even have to chew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty taxing. I, I don't know. It's I, I hope never to be faced with that. I, but I... Oh, that's a novel point. Well, <laughs> I'm just putting that out on the air to be official. Uh-huh. You know, so just say I'm not pining for it. Have they ever tried, like, a, like maybe a habanero pepper suppository or something? Just to wake her up? Yeah, just try... Just something unconventional simple, and holistic I think like they that. got doctors on the case. See, we don't need your input. I think it's just made for TV movies that give us the false hope that people in comas will come out of them sometime right. down the road. Yeah. You know, the 20-year coma, all of a sudden, he's awake. 
And he heard my voice for once, or I said something just magical that opened up all the lights again. And Tiny Dancer came on the clock radio. Yeah. Because I don't know how I wonder how many people actually come out of those states and they're fairly functioning. I Three out of four. One in a million? I don't know. Three out of four. Well, <laughs> you know, I think well, that's a little high. Those are oh, decent odds. That's probably somewhere between mine and Rick's. Yeah. <laughs> One in a million and three out of four. Yeah, so, it's probably halfway in between. Yeah. So pulling plugs and what else today? What else you got? Oh, we have a, uh, I am the rant's official South by Southwest correspondent, so I'm going to file a report. Is that going on now or? Yeah, well, it start, the, music, the music started on uh, Thursday, goes through tonight. All right. So Very Terry nice. Shivo and South by Southwest. <laughs> we got a big show planned. We need to let Paul go practice and Rick, you go be a spare. Yeah. You, whatever you do. I don't have to practice that. No, you do don't? Every day. So, Man, how on do the you, ticket. How do you wake up every morning and you're Rick Garnett yeah. and you just don't blow your head off? How well, is that? Um, I mean, you are Rick Garnett every day of your life. <laughs> Most people are like Rick Garnett, you know, when they fall on hard times or they're, right. you know, they're homeless for a particular short period of time. Right. But to be Rick every day. Have you taken all the mirrors out of your house? <laughs> I have double mirrors so I can see the spareness from all sides. What? On the I mean, do you, do you pray for yourself every night, Rick? Uh, yeah. Me and me only. <laughs> to God and Yahweh? <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. Whatever, whoever's listening, pray I'm praying. Dual, dual prayer. Well, it's time, maybe time to change my name again. Well, yeah, what are you going to change it to next time? What? Expo. <laughs> that's, that's available. <laughs> yeah, I could take that. Yeah, why did you change your name for radio? Because uh, I was asked to. I didn't do it on my own. His real name is, is Rich Fischenbaum. Yeah. <laughs> Which would, uh, that probably has a better ring, but, you know, for reasons I'd rather not so, get into. So why did you go with Rick Arnett? You've told the story before how you picked those names, but I can't remember it. Um, just went to a Ouija board. All right, we're going to go ahead and go to commercial here. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Toodles. Okay. Thanks, T-Bog. Yeah. I was just kidding, Rick. This is The Ticket. KTTK Dallas-Fort Worth. KTBK Sherman Dennison. KTDK Sanger. Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. This is The Rant with Gordon Keith and David Lane. We originally were only going to have an hour-long show, and now I hear it's two hours. Yeah, it's the regular show. There was a... I guess something happened with our tournament coverage. Are we still going to the tournament at noon? Going to the tournament at noon. The tournament was originally scheduled by Westwood One to go till uh, start at 11. I'm so turned on by you. The NCAA changed it to noon. Uh, and no Corby today. Yeah, where is he? He's uh, oh, coming back in, from en route from spring training, Arizona. Yeah, so it's just the um, 
the way it should be. Yeah, the, yeah, rant, the, way, the way it, it ought be. to be. Yeah. Uh, we're taking your phone calls, 214-787-1310. All right, the two big topics for today's show, as we had our morning show meeting uh, at 7 this morning when we were trying to put mm-hmm. together the show, uh, we said we have to go with the hot topics, Dave. That's what you go with. Yes. You play the hits. And the Terry Schiavo case is certainly a hit, and so is South by Southwest. So that's our theme today. We have no, a dual is, theme. Well, uh, is, what's t- Terry Schiavo again? She is a Florida she, woman. She's the vegetative state? Yeah. And what about this, uh, the kidnapping yes. thing? The Letterman kidnapping thing? The, the little girl in, uh, wasn't it in Florida? Oh, yeah. Didn't they, didn't they apprehend they a fed guy? her to Terry Schiavo? What? They fed her to Terry Schiavo, sir. Did they? That was... I don't think that's right. And that's disgusting. No. Misinformation. This poor little girl. And, you know, I don't really know the details of this. Layla, do you know the story very well? The little girl story that happened in Florida that she's like nine. And she was kidnapped, and for a while they were thinking she was in Georgia. There was some sort of person of interest, like something John Edward Cooey or something Cooey. He was really really old looking, and it seemed like I saw he was only 46 or something, but he looks 80. And he was a registered sex offender, and... uh, He apparently didn't give 48 hours notice for leaving the state of Florida or something like that before you have to register somewhere else. So that's why he was a person of interest. And then I heard yesterday that he's not now. But I hadn't heard any more advancements than that. I had heard she was still missing. No, I heard they found her body yesterday. I thought that was the story. Well, I started switching over to tournament coverage from news. Oh, that's important. Um, He does sound like an interesting person. No, I don't think that's what they mean by person of interest. Okay. Here we go. We're getting the story. Uh, it's coming down the wire right now. <laughs> the teletype is going. Uh, okay, here we go. The the body, this doesn't start off too well, the body of the missing nine-year-old girl was found early Saturday, more than three weeks after she disappeared from her bedroom, and a day after officials said a registered sex offender said he kidnapped and killed her. So the guy has confessed to it. Mm. Body was found during an overnight search in a densely wooded area, only about 150 yards away from the home that the girl shared with her father and grandparents. Bummer. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Uh, John Evan Evander Cooey confessed to kidnapping and killing her after taking a lie detector test test Friday in Georgia. Oh, there. That is such a downer, Dave. Thank you. I. Let's talk about the. Let's veg- talk about something happy. Let's talk about ter- the Terry Schiavo case. All right. So Terry Schiavo had her feeding tube removed yesterday by court order. Um, so we have the complicated case of you have uh, this woman who was very young. She has a heart attack. She battled. She battled bulimia and anorexia and all this kind of stuff. So she. It's not a good thing, David. No, that that she was battling them. Oh, all right. So, um, and her husband says that at some point she had told him that she never wanted to be, you know, fat, kept alive in a persistent vegetative state. I don't know if she was that specific, but according to the husband, she was. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so of course, a woman who is so vain that she's battling anorexia and bulimia is going to say that she never wants to be kept alive. Matter of fact, she also told him if she ever got a pimple that she wanted him to throw her off the top of a high-rise. So she has a heart attack, and it cuts off oxygen to her brain, 
and she's alive in some form right now. She's not on a ventilator. She's been in this persistent vegetative state, uh, according to, I think, one doctor evaluated her persistent vegetative state. Her family disputes that diagnosis. But she's been in this state for 13 years or 15 years, something like that. She sounds perfect. And her husband's been trying to uh, basically let her die or kill her if you talk to the pro-life people. Right. But let her die. He wants to remove all nutrition where she'll dehydrate and starve to death, Um, which could take, you know, they say three days to two weeks. Are there websites where you can find bulimic vegetables? Like a dating service? (laughs) Or you mean just information as to the link between bulimia and... Either. Having... Anyway, I'm trying to talk seriously, David, about this um, this topic. Mm. So the husband has won every court battle he's ever gone through about this. The courts are saying, yes, you can kill her. You are the husband. You have the decision-making power over this. Her parents are the ones who are saying, let us take care of her. We think that she can have some therapy, could possibly get better. Medicine is advancing. She's not on a ventilator. She just has to have nutrition. Uh, she does seem to respond to us. He's saying, no, that's just a reflex smile she's doing to you guys. And she doesn't want to be this way, and I want to carry out her final wishes. Apparently, also, in those final wishes, she had, she told him Insurance to... Insurance money? No. No, he said that he won't profit a dime off of this. Now, he did get $1 million off a malpractice lawsuit. Okay. But he spent that money, rather than all this therapy for it, he spent that on his lawyer fees to try to get... Get her, her to die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been like seven hundred thousand or something. It, that, at least that's what I've read, and I'm sure pro-husband people will say, "No, no, he spent all that on, you know, gold for her teeth and and giving her pedicures and medical treatment, and treated her very nicely, buying her chocolates, which she threw up." Right. So he has, by the way, he has a girlfriend that he's lived with for a long time now, and has two kids by his girlfriend. No. So hey. part of. Terry's final wishes were also that he impregnate some other woman out of wedlock. I want you to be happy. I don't want you to dwell on me. I want you Which to I have no with problem life. with that. I mean, if I got in a persistent vegetative state, I'd want my wife to move on. With me? Well, I, I'm not going to designate anyone. It's whoever she chooses. Oh, okay. Whomever she chooses. So, yeah, I want her to move on, but the deal is, is that I don't know that I want her to move on while still being married to me. Go ahead, divorce me. Divorce? Well, but, but see, this guy but won't. She, but she. Now, well, the reason is, is he her power of attorney? Like, could he sign the divorce papers for her? I don't know. Because obviously she can't make her mark when she's a vegetable. Right. right. So he's saying he won't divorce her because if he divorces her, then her parents are going to get, you know, decision making power over Why her. Why does he care? He'll be because, of her. because his claim is that he, she wanted to die, and he's going to make damn sure that she's dead. So he, in his mind, is trying to carry out her final wishes her final and wishes. do what his wife wanted. It's right. not. A, it's at least he's couching it that it's not selfish. Right. He's couching it that it's not selfish. And but the deal is, is that she never signed a living will or anything. They're kind of going on his word on this. Now, I think, supposedly, she told a few other people 
I'm assuming she did, or otherwise the courts wouldn't have consistently finded it all for him all the time. So I and I went on a rant yesterday that I regretted just because it stirs up so much email. I thought the rant was just with no, me. no, no. It's no. Don't hit the theme music. <laughs> Which was that uh, everyone makes that claim of vanity. And basically, on the surface, that is what it is. Hey, man, I never want to be... Look at that. Oh, God, look at her. I don't want to ever be like that. Kill me. I don't think that... I think that the thought process in making that claim, the thought process occurred two seconds before they made that statement. I don't think someone sat down with a piece of paper and said, okay, if this happened, then, uh, then this. Well, what if they give me a 15% chance of actually being able to be rehabilitated somewhat... Well, that kind of changes my thing. Now, tell me, are we going to have kids at this point when we're making this decision? How does this work into our life? I don't think it's this long-involved thought process. I think it's a reflexive, declarative statement of vanity when most people make that statement. Uh, yeah. Now, when you get down to living will, where it's a much more deliberate process, and especially if you have an attorney or someone uh, that has some sort of you know, is somewhat versed in the bioethics of the matter and all that kind of stuff, go through it with you, and you make that determination, you know, and decision, fine. And so I was just trying to illustrate the point that it's a much more complicated decision. Well, everyone jumped all over me for, uh, man, you just want her to live. You just, you just, you right to lifers, you know, are just using her as a little pawn and all this kind of stuff. And I do agree that the right to lifers are using her as a pawn. And I don't really have a firm opinion one way or the other on this because I don't know all the stuff about it. You know, I said repeatedly yesterday that obviously this guy must have a very good case. I just haven't heard it yet. You know, I was, I'm hearing all of her side and her parents and all that sort of thing. You know, the guy was even offered $10 million, the husband, to just walk away and sever ties. But he wouldn't do that. He wants her dead. You know, because... Well, he's persistent. Yeah, he's a, in a persistent meditative state about this, about meditating on her death. So, anyway, I just think it's really complex, and I hate that this woman has become this big political football. And the state of Florida has gotten involved in it, and I hate that the courts are getting involved in it. They did this ridiculous maneuver where she was subpoenaed. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, some congressional committee subpoenaed her, some senator, I think. Because there's a rule that nothing can be done to intentionally harm a person who's under subpoena to appear before Congress. And this was his little trick way of keeping them from removing the feeding tube. It's brilliant. Yeah. So. Try the witness relocation program. What's that? Maybe they should try the witness relocation program. What do you mean? Put her on the witness relocation program. What is she a witness to? Screw me. All right. We'll screw Jason next. So, hey, do we need to take a break here? Yeah. Okay. All right, so coming up next, Dave, I'm going to get your take on it. Okay. Whether she should, and this is the thing, and I just speculated that when he would visit her, um, oftentimes they would see the, the laser dot being, you know, kind of circling her forehead and stuff, and then they'd turn around and he'd quickly put something back behind his back. Or he would... Stack a bunch of pillows on her and just claim, oh, I'm just redoing the other bed over here. And, oh, did I put those on her face? I'm sorry. Uh, that he was often seen karate chopping her in the neck. 
and he's determined. So is he in the right, or are the parents in the right, or is there not really a clear-cut right here? We'll discuss next. Don't keep your operator waiting. Lines are open now at 214-GO-STARS for tickets to the Cash America CCOI 8. Get yours for just 1310 and be there next Thursday night at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Brought to you by Nextel, Pro Cuts, and Sports Radio 1310. The ticket. Hey, Sam Assis, Gordon Keith here, your old pal Gordo with your old pal Dave. Taking your phone calls on this beautiful Saturday. Looks like it's going to have good weather. We had some yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, it was beautiful weather yesterday. You know, I used to not care one single bit about the weather. It never mattered to me. It didn't change the way I dressed, really. It didn't change the way I enjoyed the day. It can make or break my day. And now, I'm yeah. so fragile. I am, too. Oh, my gosh, am I fragile. <laughs> my neuroses are all just kind of tugging on each other <laughs> in a perfect balance. And if one gets a little bit off, then I collapse. You just spiral the rest of that day yes. and need to hit the reset button that uh -huh. night. Right. And I can only find the reset bottom uh, button in the bottom of a wine bottle and about four wine bottles and about a couple fights with my wife and I need to throw something through the sheetrock and the next one I feel better. Yeah. Then it's back in balance. Yep. Alright, so we're talking about Terry Schiavo and a lot of people want to sound off about this case. It is the talk of the nation in a manner of speaking. Uh, if you're bored of it, just bear with us. Just play some dominoes right now until we get out of it. Derek, hi. You're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, Patches, how are you? Well, thank you. Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I don't understand, Gordo, why this has become such a, such a political issue. You know, ultimately, I think it breaks down to, to maybe why can't we help this girl? I, I've heard doctors' opinions that, you know, she can be helped with treatment, which she's been refused for 13 years, if I can correct you. She's been in the state for 15 years. Right. Um, her husband only helped her for the first two years, and then once he got the money, he was engaged, like you said, you know, two months after that. And I think the whole thing's a mess, and, and we as a people, why, why can't we help this girl? Well, Derek, I, the thing is, is, and I've heard that stuff you're talking about, too, but I just don't know who to believe almost, you know? It's, I mean, that's... Why, why is he so diametrically opposed to, to her living? Because I mean, he's he, saying he that that was her, her wishes. He's the only one fighting for her wishes. You know, how can you fight for somebody's wish that is unable to communicate for themselves? Which well, because the before she was in this state, before she had all the information to make the decision, which uh, ironically, not ironically, but oddly enough, put her in a position where she couldn't even make the decision when she became in that state, he's saying that she projected into the future and said, this is what I would want done if this happens to me. And so he's carrying out that wish. What's the difference? What's the difference between turning off her feeding tube uh -huh. and, and killing her that way and and know, a respirator no well and like Kevorkian you know with the suicide yeah. machine that's the thing I think that they ought to if, if he wants her dead because she wanted to be dead then they ought to be able to inject her with something instead of this starvation thing right now the argument the argument uh, from the husband's side on the starvation is that her cortex is just jelly so she won't experience pain that's associated with starvation or dehydration. 
that when her, you know, because the eye, I mean, her kidneys will start failing and that sort of thing. Right. And her organs start shutting down. But he's saying that she can't feel any pain. But my, I guess my question is not only the logistics of how you would off her, but, you know, I mean, it's not legal to euthanize someone in, in that injection manner. Okay, here's the... Here's what's, the what's, where's the line? Okay, this, as, is, this is the difference that gives people some comfort, at least on email. It's saying that they're not doing anything to kill her. Their inactivity is killing her. Therefore, it's not them committing an action to she's kill her. She's dying a natural death. They're she's just dying not a natural her. death of starvation because they're not helping her. And I've kind of gone back and forth with some people on this. I just think that that's... I don't know that that's a difference that makes a difference. I think that we prosecute parents all the time for withholding nutrition from children. Uh, I think that uh, if somebody withheld nutrition from the elderly and they died, that you could be convicted of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think your argument of, hey, I didn't do anything to kill her. Well, but if grandma had a written note that said she didn't want to be fed, right? would, would that be sufficient enough evidence to keep I you think from being so. prosecuted? I think that that makes a big difference. If somebody of sound mind had had, had this written directive... But if a grandma, then they'd probably dispute how sound her mind was. Right, and they would go through that battle. But, I mean, obviously the whole point in all this is that she should have had a living will, and everyone needs to go and get that done to avoid this mess that this thing has become. Even if no one loves you? Eh, don't worry about it then. Mike, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Yeah, guys, I just, I wanted to put in my few cents worth. You know, I'm, I'm a neurosurgery nurse, and I've seen plenty of people get... You're a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> Queer. Hey, I promise I won't baby on you if you let me continue. Okay, no, go ahead. Right. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Uh, I've seen plenty of times where people, whether it's trauma or big strokes, bleeds in the brain, whatever it might be, where the family decides, you know, well... They definitely wouldn't want to have continued, you know, in a, in a vegetative state. And, and in the early time, the first week or two, you know, it's a lot easier to make that decision. You could take them off the ventilator, and usually they'll pass away in a short period of time. But, you know, the scary thing with this case is what happened with Congress. And, you know, it's our own Tom DeLay who was on TV yesterday talking about how, oh, we need to, we need to protect these people and, and help make sure that their rights are seen. And... You know, I really feel strongly that her husband, you know, was doing, you know, what he felt she really wanted, and it's weird he continued on for so long, but, uh, you know, I think that he really understood what she wanted to have done, and what a struggle and a fight it's been for him, and, you know, stopping those two feeds, actually after a short period of time, the body uh, sort of releases endorphins and things like that, and there's research on palliative care that talks about how you know, it's not necessarily a suffering state for those people to die from starvation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, that is the thing. People who do starve to death or in starvation mode, their body is starving, they do talk about the elation that comes from that, that feeling good, yeah, and that the body compensates for it. And the body, you know, after you had a bad head injury, there is potential for recovery. And they talk about the highest potential for that is in the first three to six months, and then you can see some more after a year. But after that time, you know, recovery is, is very rare. And you, you hear about the people who recover from a coma, you know, the ones in the story after 10 or 15 years. 
But those are people who, you know, are not necessarily like her, who are awake and able to, you know, at least look like they're participating in something. Those are people who are pretty much out of it. Uh-huh. So, and I think that's a real, that's a really rare deal to see. But there's definitely a lot of ethical issues, but it sure is scary to see the government try to put their two cents in. So, Mike, even you as a neurosurgical nurse, you're saying there's a lot of gray area in this? Or yeah. would you and your medical knowledge just say, look, she's not even really alive? And, I mean, it's the same as stepping on a daisy at this point. <laughs> I think that there is gray area, but you have to go by what the family thinks, you know, they would have wanted. And you're exactly right. Not too many people put it in writing. Even, even living wills don't necessarily talk about the situation that she was in. You know, she probably could go on autopilot for a long time, but that's not the greatest of existences. And I'm, you know, from what I heard on her case, she did have therapy in the initial, you know, first six months to a year or so, and the family thinks she hasn't had enough chance. But, you know, it's just like the doctors and the experts say, you know, no, there is, you know, they, she did go through the initial therapy, and she is in a persistent vegetative state. And, you know, I've already told my wife, uh-uh, I don't want any of that. Okay, well, let me ask you about that. When, when she's, okay, she's in this state now. Do you think that there's any way that she is experiencing pain or embarrassment at being in this state right now? Probably not, because her mind can't necessarily uh, sort of comprehend and understand really what's going on. So I don't think so. I don't so, think so. So there's no conscious thought. She's not necessarily... Uh, cognitive in any way it's like yeah. she's she's basically asleep yeah you know that well it's not she's asleep but the neurons aren't working you know she's sort of in the state of a of a, a baby now uh-huh. where it's just minimal things with her you know you see the family looking straight in her face and she'll sort of coo and smile i mean all she has left really are primitive stuff but don't you think when people do make that determination when they're thinking about the living will and say man i wouldn't want to be like that that they're projecting a fully conscious person into that body, and once, and Terry Schiavo is not a fully conscious person. I think that she's experiencing embarrassment and, you know, sitting there in her chair longing for kicking a soccer ball and all that sort of thing. I think that we do a trick to ourselves, and I use this example, I think we're putting ourselves in the forest when the tree's falling, when we're projecting uh, what we would want if we were in her condition. Well, that's exactly true. And that was deep. Even, you know, me and my wife just had a baby about nine months ago, and before that baby was born, I thought to myself, oh, no, if I get in a really bad wreck or something, I wouldn't want anything done. But, you know, your life changes as perspective changes, and now, you know, we've talked about it, and I said, well, you know, if there's a reasonable chance, I would want something done. Right. All right, thanks for the call, Mike. All right. Andrew, you're on Sports Radio 1310, uh -huh. The Ticket. Hey, Gordon, how's it going? Hey. Hey, uh, Colin from Phoenix just moved out here. Listen to you guys on the internet. Oh, good. Yeah, um, my wife has a terminal illness, and we've talked about this. And you know, I didn't catch everything you guys have been saying, but you know, and, and I do understand what you're saying about uh, not really knowing, because I'd be the person that would make that decision. Right. Uh, but I, I think you know. I mean, I know she's a very proud person, and I, I wouldn't want to see her that way. Uh -huh. Does she have a definitive timetable at this point? Uh, she's been told like a year. But she's, you know, she seems to be doing pretty good. One of the reasons we're moving out here is she seems to do better in this environment. So, but uh, what yeah, kind of I, illness is she suffering from? She has no immune system. She was born with it's called IJ deficiency. Uh huh. So she's real susceptible to uh, different infections and stuff like that. But the doctors, you know, they've said all kinds of, you know, 
you, you're going to die within this amount of time, but she hasn't. Right. You know, but she is susceptible to everything. She has really bad arthritis and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm fully confident that I would do anything for her uh, if she asked me to. But I do see what you're saying, that if she wasn't conscious and couldn't make that final decision, you know, what would you do, mm -hmm. you know? And by the way, this is the most, this is the most hilarious show I think you guys have done in, in years. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm just sitting there on the phone with, with the guy before, like, oh, man, I'm really missing the rant here. Yeah, we I, make we make terminal illness a laugh riot, Andrew. You do. Well, and I almost <laughs> called in as Florida, so if that tells you anything. So. Oh, my goodness. All right, Andrew, thanks for the call, man, and good yeah. luck with your fight. Thanks, brother. All right, bye. Jeez Louise. Well, and I got better. a lot of email, by the way, from people who have been through this, have been through... Uh, With close family members? Yeah, spouse, spouse-i? Spy? Is that plural spouse? Spouses. Spouses. Um, yeah, spouses and parents and all this sort of thing. And, and everyone said the same thing. You don't know what you'll do until you get there. And some people would militantly say, don't even think about it before you get there. And then others are saying, no, I just, I just mean that it's a lot trickier than this clear cut. Oh, you let them live. Or, oh, you kill them immediately. It's a lot trickier than that. And I, my biggest goal in this world, I'm announcing my goal for my existence, David, mm -hmm. is to, thank you, is to get rid of simplistic, bumper sticker, jingoistic thinking. Good luck and that. then I know it, I know it, but everyone, and you just hear people everywhere just opining these ridiculous soundbitey things yeah. as if they figured life out. No, they heard it from someone else and they filed it away and they regurgitate it. Yeah, they've let someone up. else do their thinking for them and, and in their grasp, in their ridiculous grasp for trying to get some certainty in their life, they latch on to these ideas that other people have just thrown out there and they just stick with some soundbite they haven't thought it out for themselves and it seems to me that the older i've gotten the more you realize how much you don't know about this and all these things that you were confident about before is i was about to just cuss on the air uh it's just bs and all these people that just know immediately you know all these people who just know that a woman has a right to choose or just know that that baby is, is uh, the fetus is, you know, has full-fledged rights to live. I mean, it's just, like that example, is just an entirely complex case. And I guess I'm somewhat envious on someone who has arrived at some conclusion. But then I look at him and go, I don't think you've arrived at any conclusion. You have some other emotional reason for being on one side of this argument or another. Either because you're really religious and that's what your church has kind of taught you, or... You're so obsessed with annoying people with your women's rights business that you're ignoring the fact that the discussion is about whether there's somebody else there who has rights that supersede your own. That's just one example. But the Shivo case is another one that just, how do people automatically know that, oh, well, they just should do this. Oh, well, it's just, this is the obvious answer. I don't get it, man. I guess I envy your certainty, but I also pity it, too. Uh, 1057 Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Coming up this next hour, music talk. GTK, Dallas, Fort Worth. KTBK, Sherman Denham. KTBK, Sanger. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Where we think loading the dishwasher means getting your wife drunk. 11.03 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. You're listening to The Rant. Gen X Davey, Dave Lane, the adopted member of the show. 
I'm, of course, the real kid, Gordon Keith. And Corby Davidson, not here today. He is coming back from spring training. Hey, joining us in studio is a old pal, Donovan. Sweet Gordon. Hey, what's happening, man? Nothing, man. What's going on? You used to be with KLIF. Right. Weren't you forced to work with Fisher at one point? <laughs> I worked with all of them. Oh, up there, man. jeez. I'm so sorry about that. That's all right. And now you're with Humble Billy over on uh, The Bone. Yeah. 93.3. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, we're going to talk music this hour. Okay. But I wanted to get your take. What's The Bone's take on the Terry Schiavo case? Uh, well... We don't talk about that stuff on the bone, man. You know that. <laughs> what do y'all talk about on the bone? What's going on over there? We're talking about uh, Sticks and Motley Crue. You know, my favorites. Jeez, Growing up, that's what, all I listen are you, to. Why are you on that show when you don't? You have no connection with that music? <laughs> Come on, man. You Brother listen to that crap? Hell yeah. Oh, jeez. He's lying now. Big time. <laughs> of course I didn't, man. Who knows? All right. Um, have you ever known anyone who's been in a coma? No. You ever had a family member die? Yes. Did you ever find out that I did it? <laughs> no. No, who died in your family? My grandfather. And what did he die of? Uh, he was pretty old. So it's probably natural causes. You yeah. Know? yeah. You weren't even interested in what happened with him? Well, you know, all that... Were you, know, you a kid? All that Doogie Howser stuff, man. I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all that medical stuff. Nah. That Doogie Howser <laughs> stuff. Uh, no, no. I was grown. Mm -hmm. I was a big man. Now, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. Kids? No. My soldier's not marching right. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got defective stuff down yeah, there? Yeah, they, they have to go to basic training or something like oh, that. Oh, no. You know? Yeah. Have I, you tried to have kids? Yeah, we've been trying like the last year and a half, two years. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's my boys. Really? Have you had the, the test done to yeah. look at them? Yeah. They, and uh, the motility is not there? Actually, or you know, happening? when I went to have the test, I was thinking maybe, you know, I could be in a, you know, a little lounge with a magazine or a movie or a couch. Bathroom. They gave you no materials? No, I had to go to the bathroom with a toilet and a sink. That was it. No materials? None. None. So how do you... How do you muster... I had to call somebody to ask them to talk dirty to me. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Something, man. That was it. Did you do that, Dave? Just go into a doctor's office, and you have to produce uh -huh. with no materials. With no materials? No materials. He had no materials. Boy, that's a high-pressure situation. Yeah. And they know when you went into the bathroom, so you're feeling a little bit of a time crunch. There's I mean, people banging on the door <laughs> saying that they have to go number two. Yeah, my fantasizing skills are pretty poor. And multiply the, the pressure of being in a doctor's office with people waiting uh -huh. outside for your sample. I don't, I, I don't know that I could do it. Donovan from the Bone Morning Show is sitting in here with us. That's did who the did they at hearing. least give you some lube or nothing? Uh, okay, David. Nothing. Nothing. So then they examined... Boy, no materials and dry. Yeah, it's pretty. They examined you and they determined what? what what's wrong with your... They said the material material. was cool, but, you know, they're not swimming right, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't think that, you know, I can't swim, so I guess it's my own fault. Right. That my boys can't swim. What about swim the either. stereotype that black kids don't learn how to swim? Is that true? Uh, as far as I know, most of the people I know don't swim a lick. Really? Yeah. This is no fun, it's man. It's just not what's, emphasized. What's the fun and getting in a whole bunch of... They don't lick either, right? Chlorinated water. Yeah, speaking of black people and licking, what... Is L that true, too? Licking what? I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> so, black kids don't 
don't go down to the community pool and swim around. Yeah, you have you find more fun do. stuff, yeah. I guess. I don't see the point. You get out, your eyes are red, it's water in your nose and ears, people peeing and <coughs> all that other stuff in the water. What's the point? What's the, what's the fun? You know, you've kind of convinced me just then. Uh, you I'm a good out. case there. I don't even, I don't even want to learn. All right, so what other good stereotypes are there about whites? You can give me the inside scoop. We smell like puppies when we get wet. Or dogs. <laughs> well, actually, even when you... Uh, my uncle told me once that soap don't lather up on white folks' skin. That's why you <laughs> smell like mayonnaise. Smell like mayonnaise? That's what I tell you. I'm just getting the inside scoop. <laughs> huh. Have you ever heard that one? That soap doesn't lather and we smell like And we mayonnaise? smell like mayonnaise. That's the reason. Because soap don't lather up on your skin. How so that's that, why we always that smell possible? like mayonnaise. I don't know. His uncle said it. He yeah, sounds like he knows what it, he's man. talking about. Huh. What else? Uh, let's see. Well, well, you said that the the black uh, people don't lick. Well, of course, it's the opposite for, you know, the white boys. Yeah. They do their thing down there. Right. Uh, let me see what else. That's about all I'm rolling with, man. That's all I can think of right Is that now. all the... Uh, but are there other white stereotypes? Oh, yeah. I just can't think of them right now. Uh-huh. It's plenty. I love that. I think it's funny. I love hearing those things. I never heard the mayonnaise one. That's news to me. <laughs> I'm sure you have all kinds of brother stereotypes out there. Just the uh, the ones that you everyone's already always heard, right? Which are the ones that we've referenced before. Uh, the endowment. Is, okay. Yeah. That's um, a lie. Huh? That's a lie. Is it? Oh yeah. Man, the ones I see that they cast in certain films, it's not a lie. Well, of course. Well, you know, you have you could find white guys that that are uh, like that too. Though. Yeah. Um, what other black stereotypes are there, Dave? Go ahead. I, I mean, y'all have plenty, man. I'm not going to jump over the counter and whoop you. This no, is, no, I'm trying to think of This is of a it. great discussion. No, I'm, I'm blinking. Go to the phones. Eat crazy parts of pigs. Yeah, some of the dietary stuff. About what? But, you know, that's the thing. that I, I have one for you. Here's a good question for you. I was just thinking about this the other day because we were talking about, I was talking with about linguistics and language and accents. Why is it that black people from like a bunch of different regions have a similarity to their accent in other words it's not regional the way white people you know they'll have a wisconsin accent right. or, or like a redneck accent right but black people from all over the country share a certain similarity in their accent hmm. i never thought of it like that i thought and it I, was whether you were white or black if you were from new york you sound like you're from new york right. or you're from georgia you sound like you're from georgia no i've never thought about that i've wondered what the and i couldn't come up with a reason for that can you think of that, Dave? No. All right. We'll go to the phones. You know why black people talk that way. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the ticket. Hey, what's up, man? See, this, this guy's white. That's another thing. Hey, is I almost am 100% and I can hear a person's voice and tell you whether they're white or black. Check it out. I got one for y'all. No, one. he's black. I'm sorry. I got one for y'all, man. It's uh, white folks are too adventurous. They like to jump off of mountains and jump out of perfectly good airplanes. And yeah, you don't see black guys doing a lot of that. Scuba diving, playing with sharks. Yeah, that's true. And, and, then, and then, like, crime stuff. Black folks, you know, if you hear somebody rob the liquor store, uh, <laughs> right. you hear somebody shot up everybody in the movie theater, White folks. Yeah. That's why it was a sad day when you found those snipers in Washington. I know. Brothers, that deflated everyone. That, because oh, man, that was a sad day in the black community, man. Yeah. Because you just knew they were white. Mm-hmm. Everyone <laughs> thought they were white. <laughs> right. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket with Donovan from the morning show on The Bone. 
Yeah, ask them how come they wash their cars so much on the outside, but the inside still smells different. <laughs> is that true? That's pretty funny. But no, because my car is just dirty on the outside. Dirty on the outside, on the inside, too? So am I half white? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, also, but, you know, I think this is has to do with more uh, how much money you have than whether you, which race you are. Okay. But usually, you know, the old have a really nice car and trick up your car it won't sink any money into a house kind of thing. <laughs> right. And Living think, with your mama when yeah. you roll it on 20s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's probably more that if you grew up poor and you don't have... I mean, you don't. You want instant gratification now. Well, right? you want the car now. Like you don't want to. Well, yeah, yeah. you don't want to pay off a note in thirty years. You know, you know, half the guys who are in poor neighborhoods don't expect to live that long. Right. Well, and, and all the people that you run with, and all the people in your neighborhood, they're not necessarily going to see your plasma screen in their house, but they're going to see the plasma screens. In yeah, the back in your car. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310. The ticket. Yeah, I used to work at a bakery, and every black person that came in used to. <laughs> used to drink Sprite. That was their soda pop of choice. Hey, you know, I used to work at a movie theater, and every black person came in there. I'm saying every. I'm exaggerating. But it was always, they would go for the grape soda. I never understood that. Grape? Yeah, there's, there seems to be white drinks, and there seems to be more black drinks. What so about like, white soda choice? They, it's always Diet Coke. That's very popular. Diet, diet, diet. diet you really? Know, yeah. They say Sprite. I've never... I'm not too big on Sprite. but I, And I knew uh, a lot of black regulars used to come into our theater. It was always Big Red or... Well, or great. You got to have the flavor, great. man. You know, it just kind of reminds you of Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 13. Send the ticket with Ask a Black Man. <laughs> hey, hey, I got a great black question. Okay. Uh, of course, I'm white. I'll preface that. But why do white boys, I see white boys... Riding around, especially in a country town like Hazel, and they got that hip hop going like they're black as ace of face. Oh my gosh! The <laughs> last part a little shocking, but uh, why do they say that? I mean, why do they why do they do that? Why do they do what? Have the music loud? No. Why do they listen to rap music? I mean, they're trying to be black. It sounds like they're trying to. Be, I thought you said about, they are black. Oh, no, you're talking, talking about, about white kids. White kids, yeah, kids right? Oh, uh, you know, I don't know what that is. I think that. Um, because the black community has pioneered such cultural things that kids have always been kind of more in tune with. You know, Elvis was, uh, that used to be the, you know, he took black kind of things and all the kids like that. I don't know, for some reason, white kids are always naturally are interested in what black culture is doing because I think white culture to them is so boring. Right. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket with Ask a Black Guy. Or we can play <laughs> Ask a White Guy, too. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I want to ask a white guy a question. Okay. Uh, but it has a black tie. Why does Corby's wife like LeVar Arrington? I've never heard that. Have you heard that, Dave? No. Hmm. Don't know. Why do black guys lean way back in their cars? Donovan, you want to take that um, one? I don't know. I think it's just some, you know, some trying to be cool. And you see one person do it, and, and they and look cool. And I, then you I, th to I think to it's it. so that the pillar between the front window and the back window obscures blocks being ID blocks any bullets and obscures <laughs> being ID yeah. so the man can't see who's driving the car but that is crazy you'll see some black guys that are fully and you know it's not just but, black guys I've seen all the races do this but you know the stupid thing about it what? is the seat is way back but they're leaning up to drive right okay you look so damn uncomfortable how about you just put the seat up <laughs> and you can see still my favorite episode of in, of tricking something up was the what movie was that where the guy had the goldfish shoes 
I'm going to get you sucker. I'm going to get you sucker. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that guy had those tricked up shoes with live goldfish swimming in them. Of course, they broke about two steps down on the sidewalk. Pimp of the year. Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question about the bike from the black guy. Okay. Why do they always back their cars into their parking spaces? That's true. I've noticed that too. Easy escape, baby. Is that the reason? Oh, yeah. If you got to get the hell out somewhere, this, you don't have to reverse it and look back and put it back in drive. You can jump in, get a drive, and get the hell out. And what about black guys being more superstitious than white people? You ever heard that? No, not more superstitious, no. Hadn't heard that before. Uh, something about brooms touching your feet? What is that? Hmm. No, I haven't heard that one. I worked with a, with a guy one time, and he, when he, whenever you were sweeping, he, he'd clear out. He didn't want that broom touching his feet. Never heard that one before. I think that was just a weird guy. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to sweep. Maybe he just didn't want to be near you because you were smelling like mayonnaise too much. <laughs> Baloney. Hi, oh, you're on the ticket. Yeah, why are black people afraid of birds? Are black people afraid of birds? I'm not. Black people do have different attitudes towards animals than Dogs. white people do. Because I, we had several black P1s call up one time when we were talking about all these stereotypes that the races have about each other. And all these, there were like five or six black guys that called up and said that white people are ridiculous about their pets. Right. That, that to black people, you know, your dog is your dog. And to white people, your dog is your kid. Right. And they get annoyed that white people let their cats get up on the counter while they're fixing food and stuff. And, you know, they're just, they're creeped out by the way white people let animals overrun their house and just... Yeah, you, you know, if your dog needs a kidney transplant, it's going to cost six grand. I'm getting a new dog for $400. You know what I'm saying? That saves money. That's economical. Hi, oh, you're on the ticket. Hey, uh, why will black people go fishing at any lake? They'll eat the crappiest fish out of White Rock Lake. I've never understood that. Donovan, why, why you we have go, to answer for the entire black race Why we go fishing at any lake? Yeah, any puddle. <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as the fish is out, you can put some bread, white bread on it. It tastes the same. Do black people like white bread? Oh, yeah, man. You put fish with white bread, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah, this Ask Black People? Yeah, this is Ask Black People. Yeah. I just wanted to ask, I've never met a white person with the surname of Washington. Have you? George, yeah, George Washington. Washington. Yeah, as in George Washington. Have you ever met a white person with a surname? No, but I think that has to do with... Uh, it has to do with back in the slavery times when black people didn't know their last name anymore. You know, they had no family name anymore. Uh, and so they would just adopt some last name that they heard. And that's why, you know, in the early days, it was Jefferson and Washington and all of our former presidents. They just went with those names. At least that's what I've heard. Man, plus all the masters was banging all the, you know, right. black sisters. So, right. you know, you get So on the birth certificates, they would have that last name. They got the name. baby daddy last name. That's right. Yes, David. Oh, I was just going to say we're extremely late. Okay. How many spots we got, Jason? About two this break. Okay. So we'll be back in just a moment. Are we going to do music? Yeah, we're going to talk okay. music next. Thanks, okay. Donovan, for being in no here. Doubt. That's Anytime. Donovan. He's on the uh, Bone Morning Show, heard from 6 to 10 on our sister Five station. To nine. Five to 9. Yes. <laughs> Five to 9 on 93.3 The Bone. Coming up next, Dave Lane has some exciting musical tales. Breaking sports news first guaranteed with a ticket ticker at 10, 30, and 50 past every hour on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
Hey, sports fan. Gordon Keith, Dave Lane with you. Beautiful rant Saturday. That's what we like to call this day. Yeah. All right, Dave. Now we need to get into the uh, South by Southwest Musical Fe- Music Festival that you attended, right? Yes. That concludes right. today. Let me tell you my dilemma with getting into this right now. All right. There's a guy on the line who claims he was in a coma for 24 days. Do okay. you want to ask him if he saw God? Sure. Chan, you're on the ticket. You were in a coma? Yeah, what's up, Gordon? This is Chan, the well-dressed fat man. You know me. He's got lost all the weight. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a... I didn't see God, but I could feel prayer. I know that sounds strange, but I actually felt the prayer of all the people that were praying for me. Um, now, how did, you, how did you experience feeling prayer? I don't know. Like, it's, what did it feel like? Um, I, it's the hardest thing to explain. Even psychologists ask me this question. Um, it wasn't like a, you know, I saw spirits or I felt... Um, I, I could just feel that a lot of people in my life were concerned about me and were praying for me. Okay, when you were in the coma, was there any sort of consciousness whatsoever? Were you dreaming? Were what? What, uh, yeah. what were you experiencing? Um, I had horrible dreams. Um, one, for example, a dream that I had, um, I was facing down Christopher Walken in the deer hunter scene. You remember that? No. I've never seen a deer hunter. Uh, in the deer hunter, there's a scene, a very grass scene, where they play roulette for money. And uh, Christopher Walken blows his brains out. I was the one facing down Christopher Walken, and I had the pistol. And I still have that dream to this day. And uh, uh, it's uh, when you're in a coma like that, you're not actually dreaming of what's going around you or the trauma that put you there. If someone says they are, that's a lie. You can't do that. But uh, that's the only thing I recall. And, and maybe it was my mind subconsciously knowing that I was dying and, and that uh, you know that was the trick that was playing on my own brain. Yeah. But, you ever wish you had died? Uh, no, but I'll tell you what I do, Gordon. You know, a lot of people who get sick like that wonder, why me, God? Why did I get sick? Um, now I'm a very strong, healthy man, and I ask myself and I ask God, why me? Why did I survive something that I should not have? Uh, is there something I'm supposed to do? Am I not supposed to sin? Am I not supposed to listen to the rant? You know, you ask yourself all those questions, but um, I've never asked myself, why me, Lord? Why did I get so sick? But I knew it myself. Why did I survive? And I try to find a reason. You know, can I help somebody? Can I do something to help somebody? There you um, go. And what, what were you in a coma for? I actually had a rare uh, infection called an empyema that attacked my lungs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that spread to my bloodstream through sepsis. So I got septicemia and went to septic shock. And uh, when my heart failed, um, they went to my family and said, look, you know, this is it. We're going to hit him one time with the paddles. Either we'll get a rhythm or we won't. Uh, it's not like ER. And so my family, my friends, my wife only, and my, my friends came into the room. They hit me once. Uh, they got a rhythm back. Uh, the next day I went into pancreatic and renal failure, and that's when they said, there's there's nothing we can do. We're going to stop antibiotics. Uh, you guys need to decide whether you want on or off the ventilator. And um, my wife, my brother, and my friend said, no, nah. you know, Chan would want to fight it out the best he can. Let's, you know, let's let him die. If kidneys are going to kill him. Let them kill him. Let's don't let us kill him. And uh, that was on day 12. And uh, on day 24, um, a dumbass pulmonary therapist pulled my vent off to clean the tube, and I took a breath. And here I am. Wow. So they could have... So in other words, it was, you know, pretty close that they could have said, well, let's go ahead, let's let him go. Yeah, yeah, my wife and my brother, I mean, I was estranged from my parents at the time, so they weren't involved, but... My wife and my brother said, you know, Big Chan was going to fight, and um, let's let him fight until his kidneys kill him, or his pancreas kills him, or his liver kills him. Wow. 
And just to think, Chan, you lived to see the day when Dave Lane was going to review South by Southwest, so it was worth it. Yeah, you know, I can't wait for that. I held all this long. You know, I'm so excited to hear the great David Lane talk about South by Southwest. I'm probably just going to, uh, um, you know, I might just drive this truck into a bridge bump. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. And, oh, well, huh. damn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Lane talks to us about South by Southwest. Dave? And we'll have hot picks and news and notes coming up next. All right. Satisfy your basketball Jones with Turnip Trivia. Test your sports brain with a new question every day. Online now at theticket.com. And win free food from Hooters and Sports Radio 1310. The Ticket. Ah, oh, yes. Tattoo, one of the famous artists that played at South by no, Southwest. No, they weren't there. Uh, they weren't there. Sorry. Okay. The rant, we like to keep our finger on the pulse of pop culture. That's right. We'll talk about your vegetable deaths and your, your black stereotypes and white stereotypes. Got a lot of email about the black and white stereotypes. One black woman said that it's true that black people don't tip. She's a waitress. Mm. And also, they'll use every sugar packet on the table. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Hmm. We also found out the white people smell like mayonnaise because soap doesn't lather up on her skin. It, I've been using soap all these years. I didn't yeah. even know. So we found out a lot of stuff. But as we turn our roving eye around the pop culture scene, we now focus our iris on music. Yes. Something that I am extremely passionate about, Gordon... I guess you focus the lens and the iris adjust the aperture. Yes, David. Um, so, yeah, I was down for uh, South by Southwest in Austin uh, Thursday night and last night. Now, why is that such a big deal? Is the place really crawling with A&R people to sign oh, it's, bands? Oh, it's total industry. Really? Okay. Yahoo's, yeah. And it, it was packed. I mean, every year it gets bigger and bigger. And I don't think I'm going to go again. This is the second year in a row that I've gone, and my experience this year was worse than it was last year. Just because all the small shows, it's impossible to get into because all the badge holders go in. I didn't have a wristband. I was just paying cash at the door. See, I would think you would want to go to a place that had a lot of badge holders. I mean, isn't that the idea of scoring in a bar? Badge. Badge. Laminate. You have to have a laminate to get in. Please continue. So, um, well, the first thing I wanted to do is, you know, I'm going to play a few things and get your opinion. Okay. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to play is one of the darlings of the uh, South by Southwest Conference. This is a band out of Leeds in the U.K. called Kaiser Chiefs. Mm. I'm not exactly on board with them. Their album just came out. I haven't listened to it all the way through. But they were definitely one of the bands to watch. They didn't play a late showcase. They played kind of early, but then they played a bunch of parties and industry shows. Mm -hmm. And so take a listen to this and see what you think.
Okay, not bad, but generic to me. Boy, they change it up for the course okay, here. Good. Well, they haven't got to the hook yet. Okay, got a good hook on the course. Sure. Yeah. So, if I could issue a prediction, and it's not necessarily based on my personal taste, because mm -hmm. like I said, I'm still undecided on this band, but if there's going to be a band that's going to emerge kind of like uh, the Killers did, you know, George's favorite band, yeah. I think Kaiser Chiefs will be the next Killers. Okay. I think they will crack the top 40. They'll be kind of a crossover. Certainly sounds like hit. a prediction. So there's the Kaiser Chiefs. Now, South by Southwest is interesting because... Oh, be careful with that. That's a rarity. Just bought that. Um, it's interesting because they, you know, they cater to every type of music. And obviously, I am only going to bands that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, which is generally the indie rock stuff and British stuff, which is where I focus. Um, no, yeah, yeah, that'll be next. Um, but it was interesting to kind of see some trends. You know, we're in the indie rock thing. We're very much in like a new wave revival. Right. And Which that right there was just kind of reminiscent of something you may have heard in the 80s. Yeah. The chorus was almost kind of XTC sounding to me. Yeah, it, it's jangly pop mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of electronic influence, little keyboards here and there. You know, very kind of pogo-y kind of choruses and stuff. And one thing that was really interesting, um, two bands that I saw had lead singers that sounded exactly like Robert Smith. Really? There was one band uh, called VHS or Beta. They're from Louisville, Kentucky. And they have this little, tiny, effeminate Japanese lead singer. I mean, he's... And he sings like Robert Smith? He's Japanese-American. Right. You know, but uh, he's the just, worst. He's really slight, you know, and really, really gay, and sounds exactly like Robert Smith. The the music doesn't sound like The Cure. It's more like kind of disco, new wavy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad. It was okay. And then the other band was a band from Sweden uh, called The Shout Out Louds, and they sounded dead on Smiths or no, dead Did on. Do you have some of this? No, I don't have any of that. Well, then don't tell us about well, it. Well, I'm just saying it's a trend. Okay. Lots of Robert Smith knockoffs these days. One band that I saw uh, at a day showcase yesterday that I was undecided on going into South by Southwest, but after seeing them live, I really like them, mm -hmm. is a band from Ireland called The Frames. And they, they That's have... That's another resurgence. Everybody's going back to the names. Yeah. There for a while, that was just you don't have a V name. So the frames, they're, I, I don't know, they're, they have some down-tempo, kind of somber, you know, very mopey British songs. And then they have some other, like, arena rock anthems. And the song that I decided to play, I think, is another potential crossover hit that you might end up hearing on the edge or something soon. Because it sounds very Matchbox 20 to me. But I like it all the same. So this is their song, Fake, off uh, The Frame's new album.
That song is kind of atypical of their album. Yes. But I really enjoyed them live. I think they've got a okay, lot of Okay, are they talent. signed yet? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I thought South by Southwest was when you're not signed, you go there. It, now everybody's signed? Careful. There are some unsigned bands, but most everybody is signed. It's more for exposure and distribution and, you know, getting your name out there, getting not added quite to as, radio stations. Not quite as fun. Yeah, as, as the well, I here's mean, a bunch of bands and one of them's going to win the lottery kind of feel. Yeah, well, that was 20 years ago that it was I know, like that. I know, but you got to remember, I'm 49 years old. I, that's my heyday. Did you get? Did you guys ever try and play down there? Yeah, we did. The Hemingways. The Hemingways. My band uh, sent in something one year. And you didn't get accepted. No, we didn't get accepted. Did you go play anyway? Like play a day mm -hmm. show? Or no, didn't even do that. And, you know, I think that there was, uh, I don't know that we even got our thing in on time. I remember a mad rush to the post office off of Stemmons to try to send in our stuff <laughs> before midnight. Right. Before FedEx. Yeah. So, who knows? That was the only thing we ever sent in. Was that one year? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is a good cross-section because you do have the, the big headline shows. Um, Why don't you turn that off? I don't. I just. I don't, I don't know anymore. Go ahead. So there, you know, there are still the keep big, interesting. Keep it moving. There, there are, are the doing? big headline shows, yes. but then there are a lot of unknown bands. You know, they, like this they, next one. Who are they? Well, this next one. If you like what you hear, their album comes out on Tuesday. They're another pick to click. Okay. It patches pick to click. Okay. They're, com. They're called Block Party. They're also from the UK. Right. Which you know. All of these that I'm going to play for you are from the UK because that's what I like. Okay. But they are uh, very uh, kind of the whole indie new wave revival thing. Are you having problems revival talking? Thing. And they're, they're interesting as well because they are very multicultural. They've got two white dudes and then their drummer is Chinese and their singer is a black dude. So they're going for that community college class yeah. schedule. So this is, this, is, this is Block Party. Like a reject off of Black Sea to me. 
Wait, wait till we get to the chorus. Okay. Hang in there. I should probably pull black soon. course. All right, thumbs down, derivative. You don't like it? No. I mean, all of these don't sound incredibly original. They no. all are like homages to that that era of songwriting and sound. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? Well, not nothing in particular, but I just uh, think the best one of those was the frames that I heard. Yeah. And they were a little bit more straight ahead. They, yeah. were, they were less new wavy. All right, so uh, coming up next, what are we going to hear? Well, we can do it now since we don't have any spots. Okay. Well, I, Jason said not to say that on the air. No. Well, it's just because the tournament got screwed up on us. Okay. So do you want, want me to tease it? You make doing good radio so hard, David. I'm sorry. Okay. No, let's just do it. No, no, no. What did you say? No. Okay. Coming up next, Yes. my favorite new band of the moment. Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket, established in 1994. We started out with nothing, and we still have most of it left. This is Eminem, isn't it? I think it's the Geico Rotator. spot. I swear that's Eminem. Do you like Eminem, Dave? Meh. You know what? I've tried to dispense with him just because he's so popular, but I can't. He's really good. His, well, I, his albums, I saw at least the a, ones that I've, I have, I really like. I caught a bit of a video. I guess it's a, his recent video, and it's like... It's written to his kids or something, mm -hmm. and the video is just him in his apartment watching home movies of his kids. And it's just awful. It's he lost you really, It's really poorly written. It's just dumb. Okay, I got an email opinion. here. March 19th, 2005, the day Dave Lane killed the rant. Why? I don't know. I guess people are one segment. Of your, yeah. One segment? They won't even give you one segment to talk about something you're passionate about. Would they rather talk about music. Right to Life? I don't know. But I'm standing behind you, Dave. Okay, well, I only have one more thing to whip everyone with. And these are Patches Picks to Click. And, you know, I mentioned Kaiser Chiefs have crossover potential. Yeah. The Frames have crossover potential. Yes. Block Party, probably not so much. Uh, this last one, I don't know. I can't, I can't really say whether or not it will end up, you know, making a dent in any format. What's the name of the band? Uh, Kasabian. Okay. And they're also from the UK. Uh-huh. And I'm going to rattle off some, some bands that, you know, we talked about the music today being derivative, which right. I don't necessarily mind if it's derivative of stuff I like. Right. Same so, here. So, Kasabian, the, some current influences, uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. That's what I was thinking. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. Also, Primal Scream. Oh, yeah. Familiar with Primal Scream? Yeah, I've seen that book. Happy Mondays. Mm-hmm. Jesus and Mary Chain. Mm-hmm. Any of those ringing a bell? Well, Jesus and Mary Chain, I know. Yeah. That's, that's no, old. That's, that's old. So, this, this band kind of uh, mashes up kind of the early 90s 
UK like dance pop thing. Well, how about let's stop talking about it and hi- listen to it. This is my favorite band of the moment. This okay. is this is a, a CD that came out a couple weeks ago, and I've listened to it probably a hundred times already. This is Clubfoot, the first single. Norm doing his Bono. Is this the creation of the world? Yes. Isn't that bass? from the P1. Who wins the Battle of the Band? <laughs> Higher on the ticket. Davey needs to stop trying so hard, man. It's really... I try to give the guy a chance, but he's killing me. This attempts at forcing this new music down his own throat than our throat, you were down at South by Southwest. It's people trying to sell stuff, dude. Go see Sunbolt while you're down there. Go see Sleater Keeney while you're down there. Don't come back and think that you have to have a new band. Hello. I they- saw Spoon, too. Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah, I just feel like these bands just don't have any staying power. Although they may be derivative and it's good stuff, they just aren't going to be around for very much longer. Uh, I'm not making any prediction about them being around for more than a couple years or a couple albums. I'm just saying this is stuff that was popular down at the festival this week and I think is going to be popular over the next six months to a year. Hi, you're on the ticket. Yes, hey, I know you guys are doing the important things like South by Southwest, but are you going to report on Coach John Nelson stepping down? <laughs> breaking news. Can we first, hit the, hit first, the breaking news first. sounder? I'm sorry? Do we know about that? Let, let me look I online. I'm, I'm 100% positive. Well, you heard it here first, then. Okay. All right. All right. Avery Johnson's taking over. You hear, you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm saying yeah. Don Nelson's stepping down. That is correct. Because we're the sports authority. He's resigned as the Mavericks coach. He's passing the whistle to Avery Johnson. He told his players uh, this morning that he was relinquishing coaching duties of team. Effective immediately. There you and Avery, who I think, if I remember correctly, has only coached 13 games this season <laughs> when Nelson was out for various reasons, he's going to take over. And uh, Nelson, I, I don't know if you know, but he's retiring as the second winningest coach in uh, NBA history. Yeah. 
But he, so, has, he has missed several games in recent weeks to be with his wife. She's recovering from surgery. And, and you can see the writing on the wall. With He just seemed like he had... Hey, dude, like dude, let us handle the news the sports here. Experts all right, handle the story. All right, we're breaking this story right now. Don Nelson has resigned as the Dallas Mavericks coach. And a press conference is scheduled for 1 o'clock today, and I'm sure you will hear that right here on Sports Radio 1310. Right here on ticket. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hi, you're on AM. Why does Dave Lane have to be a Bob Alonsky starter kit? I didn't, I didn't talk about stuff I hated. Yeah, you try to be just like him. You want to be him, baby. I love you, but, I mean, you're adopted. You'll never be uh, Bob Alonsky. I don't know. That's the reason. Why Why okay. is liking new music trying too hard or trying to be Bob Alonsky? I don't know. But it just is. Hi, <laughs> you're on uh, AM. Hey, radio. Uh, I, I think Don Nelson's hired to take over as manager for a Kasabian, but uh, they were really good, and the community college band was good. A band out of Denton called Midlake. I don't know if you've heard of them. As yeah. Also. Dave, what do you think about Black Tide Dynasty? You know what? I'm not familiar enough to say, uh, but I have been meaning to check them out. Hi, you're on AM. Yeah, man, I'd rather listen to myself fart in an empty bathtub. Huh. Okay. Hi, you're on AM. Re Reaction to Don Nelson's resignation. You're on AM. I just wanted to say uh, thanks, Danny. I really appreciate the, the UK info. I'm going to stop listening to Sorta and stop buying Sorta CDs so I can buy UK stuff. That's good. You know what my problem is, Gordon? What? is my attention span. I think the reason that I'm always looking for new music is because, you know, I look through my collection of stuff and I don't want to listen to any of it because I've listened to all of mm -hmm. it. So I, I, I need to freshen things up constantly. Would you like an update on my musical life? Have bought a CD in the last 10 years? No, I have not. But I will tell you this. I went out and bought me the iPod Shuffle. Yeah. And it, uh, made, it sent me back to my iTunes library of stuff I've already put in there, uh -huh. and I actually made a little playlist and put on random and listened to music last night. Wow. That's a Which is big, big for accomplishment me. for you. Yeah, because I usually just don't like sitting and listening to music. Yeah, sometimes I sit and listen, other times it's just background, you know. Yeah. But I've, and I've been playing a bit of guitar lately. Wow. It's just a re emergence for you. Isn't it? You're rediscovering now, your, your love of music. I've basically been figuring out different ways to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but that's it. So thanks for indulging me. I, I really enjoyed trying too hard and, <laughs> and buying what people have been selling me down in Austin. Well, thank you for trying, Dave. And uh, remember, at 1 o'clock today, we're going to carry the Don Nelson press conference, I believe. Um, engineering has an hour to get there. Engineering has one hour to scramble and get this thing happening. Don Nelson resigning as Mavericks coach today, and of course, you're going to hear that press conference live right here at Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Thanks to Layla, thanks to Jason, thanks to you, Davey, and thanks for you for the P1 for calling on the phones. Gordon Keith signing off for another broadcast day. This is The Ticket. KTTK, Dallas Fort Worth, KTBK, Sherman Dennison, KTDK, Sanger. Presentation.